Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. It is Sunday. Looks like Sunny wants to come say hi to everybody. It is Sunday, October 16th, and this is your daily financial news. Hey, go, buddy. Say hi to everybody. Hello. All right. Good. Good evening. So first and foremost, I want to highlight to everybody that we got these team. What is this? This is team happy. We got team sunny shirts. Uh, a lot of you like uh, my puppies. And oh, by the way, the shirts also have their paw prints on the back, which I thought was super cute. Comes in various colors, of course. Team happy, team sunny. You can get them on my website, onerentalatatime.com. But uh, I decided to rock the pink shirt today because people say guys can't wear pink. So I thought I'd prove you wrong. But anyways, let's get into the daily financial news couple of things I want to shout out. I want to shout out other YouTube creators this morning. Yesterday, I highlighted a note for Meet Kevin, a video, I think it was something like urgent message to investors, where he basically said, buckle up, do the work. Yesterday, I saw similar videos from Minority Mindset and Tom Nash, two other uh, financial YouTubers who are Helping their audience appreciate that wealth is made in recessions and bear markets. I applaud Meet Kevin, Tom Nash, Minority Mindset. It is not easy creating content that says do the work. It is far easier to talk depression, recession, crash, negativity, fear. When a content creator like those three step back and realize that this content won't get clicks, but it will help people. Uh, I believe that is leading by example. So shout out Minority Mindset, Tom Nash, and of course, meet Kevin for yesterday. Uh, I want to talk about my six steps to take advantage of this. All three of those gentlemen did an amazing job. Uh, I've thought about what six things I would do to create or dominate in the next recession. Number one, you've got to protect yourself. Whether this be Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman's six-month emergency fund, whatever that is for you, wherever that comfort level is, you need to be able to make sure that in the event you lost your job, you wouldn't have to do anything crazy, right? So again, step one, appreciate where you are. In my world, that would mean get close to revenue. As a salesperson, you want to get close to revenue, not some new product that doesn't do anything that you're looking for references or beta testers or whatever. Whatever that is for you, get close to revenue, protect yourself, have that emergency fund. Number two, find your thing. In a recession, there will be lots of assets on sale. There will be lots of ways to do amazing things. 
But trust me when I say, you can't do them all. Trust me when I say, you shouldn't do them all. Find your thing. Find your thing. Is it stocks? Great. Minority mindset. Tom Nash did amazing stuff. Is it crypto? There's lots of crypto channels out there. Is it is it buying a business? One of the things Greg Dickerson on our Monday guest has told us, it's a great time to buy an existing business. And oh, by the way, you can get terms. What a better time to buy a business. And of course, if you're looking at single family or residential properties, myself, meet Kevin, perhaps, Graham Stephan, whatever that is for you. House hacking, get on the property ladder. Cheat code to well, 4321. There are amazing ways, but choose your thing and focus. Number three, remember, assets will be on sale. This is not going to be a March 2020 V-shaped recovery. We aren't going to touch the bottom and then race to new highs. This could be quarters or even years. You don't have to rush. You have to act with urgency. You should be learning every day, but you don't have to gamble. What does that mean for me? Learn average. You do not write an offer until you know average. Number four, question everything. I believe one thing that social media has unfortunately encouraged is echo chambers. You get around, you have an opinion, you have a bias, you have, you, you have a belief, and you are certain in that belief. A lot of us don't look at the other side. It is very rarely binary. We like to act like the world is black and white, red or blue, left or right. I happen to choose to live in a world of gray. I hate the extremes. I think the extremes is where mistakes happen, right? I try to live in the middle. I live in a world of gray. So question everything. If you find yourself adamant that 2020 is going to be a housing crash and you don't realize that it's the second best year to buy, that's a problem. You should have seen the other side. So again, just one example. Number five, in the world that we are going to, especially in assets that you can borrow, like businesses, like um, real estate, it's not always about price. If you've been in the game for two or three years, you only know price. If you've been watching my channel for 60 days or so, you know, I don't really care about price. I want terms and a long time frame. I will pay somebody list price for a house if they give me terms and they give me 20 years. I, I, I have a hard time believing I can't be made whole in 20 years. If you're buying a business, get terms. And then lastly, this is very important for those of you out there that are lucky enough to be able to do two, 
three, four things. This could be stocks. This could be crypto. This could be dollar cost averaging, whatever you want to call it. Make sure your second purchase is better than the first. Make sure your third purchase is better than the second. One thing that we got right in the 08 to 2011 decimation of our market is for three years, we made sure every deal was better than the last. I did not wait for a bottom. I had no idea. If you go back and look at the purchases we made, I spent a hundred and forty grand on a house, and then my last purchase three years later was twenty-eight grand. I bought the whole way down. I had no idea, and then it came back, <coughs> and we bought part of the way up. So again, do yourself a favor. Make sure every deal is better than the one before. Okay. So now let's talk about the housing market. The housing market 2023. These are the questions that I have that you and I should think about, right? As you've heard me talk about, I think housing in 2023 is in some trouble. I believe transactions will be down peak to trough 50%. But let's kind of dig into the parts of the housing market. First, first time home buyers. First time home buyers are struggling with record low affordability. Very quick, if not already, very soon, like this year, affordability will be at a record low. That is not good. That is not good. As rates continue up and prices prove sticky, affordability goes down. It's just how it works. So for 2023, will the government, and I'm not talking states, I'm not talking banks, I'm talking the federal government. Will the federal government look at a decimated housing market where there is no transactions or half the transactions? Will they create a government incentive? I was investing in the last one where I, I don't remember who did it. I think it was like 09, maybe 10. We created an $8,000 tax credit. Will we do something like that? I don't know. It's a possibility. Move up buyers. Move up buyers. There is no question that part of what is going on and part of the reason we are going to see 50% less transactions is move up buyers. Move up buyers count for two transactions the sell and the buy. They're just not going to move. People aren't even going to downsize. The math doesn't work. The lack of supply coming from this rapid raise in rates is going to shock people, in my opinion. We will see inventories fall, and they are already at record lows. The math doesn't work. The math is the math. Cash. This is something I am excited to learn. In the housing market, we have often reported that cash transactions are somewhere between 23 and 27%. I don't know about you, but I have often felt that that is a misguided number. You might take cash from an equity line and buy a house cash and refi later. There may be 
in, you may get hard money. You may borrow this, you may borrow that. I think we're going to find out how many cash buyers there truly are. I don't think it's 25% of the market, but we will know in the next three to six months. I think we're going to learn something. I think that's going to be pretty cool. Next, Wall Street. I think it was uh, Blackstone. I think Blackstone about two months ago made news when they said, hey, we're going to stop buying in half the markets, which, oh, by the way, means they're still buying in the other half. I'm just saying. At what point does Wall Street step in? Wall Street is already starting to negotiate deals with home builders. Home builders are giving them 10 or 15% discounts to buy their inventory. When do they step into Phoenix or Vegas or Austin or Sacramento? Do they want a 5% discount? Do they want a 8% discount? What do they want? Will Wall Street come in and buy more rentals? I don't know. Let's see. Uh, FB, what is that? Oh, foreign buyers. I don't know if you know this, folks, uh, but for there are markets like Southern California and others like Miami. Miami, I think, is a great example where foreign buyers dominate. I don't know if you've seen what's going on in the rest of the world, but it is in chaos. Will foreign buyers buy real estate in the United States as a safe haven? Probably. Probably. Will foreign buyers be a bigger actor in 2023? Probably. They were essentially shut out in 2020, 2021, part of 2022. I think foreign buyers come in a big way in 2023. But we'll see. Sellers. So we've talked a lot about buyers. But what about sellers? We talked a little bit about sellers with move up buyers because they are a seller first and a buyer second. But what else? What else about sellers, right? You need to get out. You had life event, death, divorce, all of job transfer. That stuff still happens. The thing with sellers is very clear, in my opinion. If you need to sell, you need to sell. And you will take whatever you can get. If you want to sell or you have options like, hey, we're going to turn this thing into a rental. I think inventory remains tight. We are going to know the impact of raising rates on unemployment and the like into next year. Will distressed sellers grow? We shall see. buyers. I hope that iBuyers, that whole entire business, is gone in 2023. I believe iBuyers have decimated a couple of markets, Phoenix specifically. iBuyers were the joke of the town. They were overpaying. Now they are losing money left, right, and center. Will they still be around in 2023? I hope not. Flippers. Some of you, uh, some of you were not paying attention. We have been talking on this channel that the housing slowdown was real. Some of you have only known the up market. 
you haven't realized that the market was fake and you kept overpaying. John Wake, a wonderful real estate agent and economist in your market of Phoenix, been on the channel a couple of times, likes to talk about the price is set by the most aggressive buyer, which can be somebody doing a burr or a flip. He's right. You used to be disciplined, 70% of ARV. Competition went up. Then you started doing 75 in 80, and the market bailed you out. Well, now you've got a lot of inventory. You've got a lot of hard money costs. You are basically Dave Ramsey. What do I mean by that? Dave Ramsey was a millionaire in the 80s, flipping homes. Unfortunately, he relied on 90-day debt. Some of the flippers today, you have one-year debt, and you could be in big, big trouble. Airbnb. I When I'm in the real estate game, I always talk about the consumer. You, I see fads and people moving in different directions. I think there is a wonderful business in Airbnb. I think there are some tremendous operators in Airbnb, but it is not easy. It is not easy. I believe a lot of people were attracted to Airbnb, didn't do the work, overpaid, uh, bad quality, all these things. That is going to be a problem. So that's what I think about when I think about the housing market 2023. And then lastly, I don't know if you've seen this, but Barry Habib, H-A-B-I-B, Barry Habib, he is a very well-known forecaster of interest rates. He shocked me this morning. He actually put out a video where he thinks the 30-year mortgage in six months will be under 5%. Now, I don't see it. We, I will probably do a video on it later today. But think about that. What would happen if the 30-year mortgage by April, May of 2023 was under 5%? I believe the key to Barry's call, this is his opinion, not mine, The key to his call is that Mark Zandi is right. What does that mean? Well, Mark Zandi, I talked about him, I think, two days ago. He talked about inflation being cut in half, eight to four in six months. Barry Habib's entire call about 5% mortgage rates is that Mark Zandi is right. It's kind of a bold call. I like it. I don't agree with it, but I respect it. Barry has earned the right for me to question myself because he has been right a lot, especially about mortgage rates. All right, everybody. It is Sunday, October 16th. I want to thank everybody. We did cross 39,000. We are now at 39,031. We are slowly and methodically working our way up to 50,000. We will get there. If you want, like, subscribe, comment, share these videos with others, tweet, whatever you want. Let's get the party going at 50,000. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye.